Closer Look is a public affairs presentation. Views and opinions of the guests don't always reflect the views of the ministry, and some topics aren't suitable for children. K-Love is committed to community. Closer Look continues with a look at local agencies, events, and issues. This is Closer Look. I'm Becky Hansen. I'd like to welcome my guest, Katherine Kolath, Meeting Facilitator of Divorce Care at Green Bay Community Church. Welcome to Closer Look, Katherine. Thank you for having me. Could we start out with a story? Would you tell us a success story that kind of paints a picture of the work that you do with divorce care? How would you define success? Success of a divorce care class, people come in at their most painful time of their life. The wheels are off the bus. Nobody got married planning on getting divorced. Being in a church, so you have that added pain of, you know, did I pray hard enough or was I submitted enough? All of us have experienced our partner changing on us, that they, during the divorce, act differently than they certainly did while they were courting. So the success for me is helping people heal. I feel like I'm working in an emergency room. They're coming in just devastated and help them realize others have survived. There's a lot of healing that comes in a group that'll meet together and grow together. And over the 13 weeks, by the end, people are smiling. They have a plan. Uh, they know they'll survive. They've given each other parenting advice and lots of support. So success is healing. Why was divorce care started in Green Bay? I don't know how it got started there. I've been divorced seven years, and I spent one year very sad and another year very angry. And then after that, I thought I was done. But it turns out I was stuck. There were some issues, especially like forgiveness and moving forward um, was turning into bitterness. And I stood next to a man at church, and the pastor asked us to turn and speak to each other about something. It turns out he was the leader of divorce care in our church. And as we shared our stories, he said, we're meeting tomorrow night. I'd really like you to come. I think it'd be helpful. So I went for those 13 weeks, just soaked it up. There was so much to learn and kind of teasing apart that whole knot of emotions in your life and dealing it with it one strand at a time. And then I attended it a second time because I really enjoyed the friendships that were developing and being able to be supportive of others. And by the third time, it turns out Michael had already been leading it for seven years. He's like, Catherine, I think it's time for you to step up. This could be a good ministry for you. So we have three leaders, uh, two women and a man, so that we can help with all the different issues that are brought up. And we do usually two sessions a year. But this year for COVID, we did an extra session over the summer and had a dozen people join us for that. So I'm not sure how it got started, but uh, it sure is needed. It's packed every time. How does a person usually know if they need the help that divorce care has to offer? Some are so caught up in grief that they can barely breathe, and a friend will suggest it to them. Usually a friend that's already listened to the same story for a month or two on end. Some come because they're considering it. They don't, they don't really know the ins and outs of divorce, and they come. Um, we've had some great stories where there actually was reconciliation with their ex, some before the divorce was finished and some after it was finished. And that's always an amazing that there could be so much healing in a person's individual life that their marriage actually can heal as well. And boy, that's a powerful ministry afterwards if you could save that 
save the marriage from all kinds of things, infidelity and addiction and abuse and all these sins of the world makes a marriage very difficult to maintain. So we're not pro-divorce. Uh, we're pro-healing. And whichever path is the healthiest for you would be the best path for you to take. What area do you usually serve? Is it just Green Bay or does it come, do people come from around the area quite a bit? There's many churches that provide it. Usually it's a more a matter of what time of day, whether it's in-person or virtual, um, child care issues. Some churches in the area offer the program for children. There's a divorce care for kids curriculum as well. It's uh, DC4K, but our church doesn't have uh, volunteers to teach that curriculum as well. People can drive to our area. I would say the furthest away was a woman that was probably a 45-minute drive. So lots of towns in the area. It's more a matter of what night and what child care, not necessarily what church is offering it. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Becky Hansen. This is Closer Look, and I'm talking with Katherine Coleth, meeting facilitator of Divorce Care, hosted by Green Bay Community Church. Catherine, are there any group guidelines for these meetings? Yes, we have a covenant that we talk about at the very beginning. There's probably four key points. Uh, one is confidentiality. We don't talk about our careers, our last names. We want it to be safe because some people are considering divorce, some people are trying to reconcile, some people are in the throes of an ugly divorce, and so that shouldn't be talked about out in the community. We want it to be a safe place where they can share. Another one would be no mate bashing. However you've been wronged or whatever your partner has done improperly, they probably could be at the same divorce care group down the road at another church saying a whole laundry list about you. And that doesn't help you heal. To focus on your partner or your ex-partner isn't a path forward. That's a path backwards. We don't spend time bashing our mates. We do share enough so that if you have something in common with somebody else in the group, perhaps a survivor of abuse, then you might get a lot of support from somebody else. Or if your partner had addiction issues, that would be a good thing to share so that others can help you. Another rule would be no dating within the group. It's not a singles group. Uh, the curriculum strongly recommends that you don't date for a year because you're bound to just repeat your mistakes. Because you're comfortable with whatever was wrong with your relationship, that's what kept you in it for 20 years or what attracted you to that person. And you're very vulnerable. So we really try to, we're not the dating police. We don't keep people from dating, but Lots of times they just need to come back with the same problems later if they did date too soon. Like, we'll just see you next time around the track. <laughs> so I'm trying to think. It's confidentiality, no dating within the group, no mate bashing. I think those are the, the key points of our covenant. So let's say Cheryl was divorced a year ago, but it wasn't something she wanted, but it happened. Now she feels alone and someone told her about divorce care and she shows up for her first meeting. What's it going to be like for her? Most people reach out to me in an email first because they are nervous about what is it going to be like. So I reassure them about how to find the room, what time it is. Our pattern is we spend about a half hour checking in around the circle where people can give updates, um, can raise questions and connect with each other talking about divorce, not about, you know, it's not a chit-chat hour. It's it's an update. It always amazes me how quickly people will go straight to the core, super vulnerable issues and deep pain points 
usually by the time they're brave enough to walk through that door, they are really ready to deal with some of their issues. So that first half hour, 45 minutes, is checking in around the circle. Um, and if they're shy, we don't push them, but the teacher in me is good at probing questions. I usually can pry open people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, then we'll watch a 25 to 35 minute video. Really well done curriculum. This divorce care curriculum has been out for a long time. I think this is the fourth edition that we're working on right now. But they have counselors and ministers and people of all kinds of different stories, little vignettes. It's it's a really well-developed curriculum. So we watch that video, and then we break into smaller groups of four or five people, each with a leader, and discuss. There's some discussion questions that are provided by the curriculum. So really, the leaders are just facilitators. They're not know-it-alls. They, they, they don't have answers. And if, and if they go to a group where the leader is the know-it-all, they probably should find a healthier group <laughs> because there's nobody that knows it all about this process. And uh, the curriculum is meant to be the guide and the facilitators help with the questions and the process. Are the groups gender specific or mixed? You can uh, advertise it any way that you offer it. If we had only women available for leaders, then I might suggest that a church have a gender specific thing for women. But we're lucky that we have a, a very strong, uh, spiritually grounded man that's been divorced for two and a half years. He did his divorce very much with the high ground. He did it with spiritual counseling, uh, has a really good parenting relationship with his ex. You know, so we can offer a lot to men as well. But, you know, a man going through a divorce is already frustrated with a woman. And then if it's all women leaders and women's issues that we're talking about, I like leading the mix. I feel so grateful that we have a male leader. And just last week, somebody, one of the women brought up, asked the other women, are you going to change your last name? Are you going to go back to your maiden name? Or, or you can pick a new name, too, during a divorce. But they were just torn, you know, my kid's last names and my husband's last name and now my future. And uh, the five men in the group, their jaws just dropped. Like, I never thought about that. They never realized how powerful a last name is for a woman. And if that last name has let you down, you know, now it's become a very painful source of identity. What are you going to do about that? So I, I like the mixed gender. I think we have deeper discussions and better understanding of each other. It's interesting, the things that you don't think about, isn't it? Who's welcome? Everybody. The only person I've ever had to talk to about not coming in that condition was a guy that was drinking quite a bit before coming to meetings. And all of us have bad habits that are bound to rear their ugly head during all the pain of a divorce. That's one of the lessons we go through is what kind of numbing behaviors do you have and what should you watch out for? over shopping, over eating, over drinking, um, jumping into brand new relationships. Those are all ways of kind of novocaining the pain that you're in. And so, you know, there was no shame or blame. I understood why he was drinking, but it was very disruptive to the group and painful for some of the women that had alcoholism in their divorce situation. And uh, he decided to go to 12-step meetings first and then came to our session the next year. And so it ended up being a good situation. But we have every religion. We have agnostics. We have atheists. We have 
you know, tattooed swearing angry people. We have long dress wearing lacy people. The bigger the mix, the better, because the one thing that unifies us is going through this horrible experience. And then the one thing that motivates me is how amazing it is that God can work in that, that when we've used all of our own resources, when we've done all of our own false idols, that brings us to the cross. And what a privilege, what an honor to be there when that's happening, when people for the first time have heard about Christ, have have thought about healing. It's exciting to see. I'm Becky Hansen. This is Closer Look. And my special guest today is Catherine Colith, meeting facilitator of Divorce Care, hosted by Green Bay Community Church at 600 Cardinal Lane. You're going to find them online at divorcecare.org or reach them by phone at 920-434-9225. Catherine, you've, you've shared a bit about yourself already, but why are you here? What's your story? I married late in life, had to wait for the perfect guy, and I found him, and we were married for 20 years. Uh, We had addiction issues in the marriage. I found out since then that my baggage did not help the situation, so it's not like there was a bad guy and a good guy. So 20 years later, I'm divorced. My kids are grown and gone. I've got this empty nest. God reached out to me and totally changed my relationship with him through the pain of that divorce. I think before that, I saw God as a kind of a, I was his co-pilot. I'd have all these good plans like, oh, Lord, please bless this ministry that I want to get involved in. Or, you know, here's my plan, Lord, and please bless it. And then when all my plans fell apart and I had no plan, I got mad at God for that. Like, if you could part the Red Sea. Why couldn't you heal this marriage? Because so much of the marriage was amazing. You know, besides this addiction issue, why why can't this marriage be healed? And and when a marriage dies, it's super painful. There's no funeral. There's no flowers from friends. There's very little support. Friends don't know what to say. So this divorce care class was a great place for me to heal. And now I feel that I've learned so much and biggest thing in my faith that's changed is I've learned how to be God's child instead of God's partner right in the palm of his hand that I am loved in a way that it's too bad I put all that pressure on my husband that I wanted him to love me that way when actually what I needed was to accept the love that God had for me and then I probably would have been a better partner as well you know not as needy not not demanding as much but hindsight's 2020 and so moving forward now that I know I'm God's child, I want to invite other people to jump into the palm of his hand too, that you can be loved and treasured and valued and healed by the God that created you. And and God didn't punish me for being divorced. I, he, I felt like he grieved more than I did. Like when your children go through a painful lesson, doesn't it just break your heart when your own children are suffering? And I felt that from God that, He was just as disappointed, just as broken, and just as sad about this divorce as I was. So now that I feel healthy, I I feel kind of obligated to turn around and help the next one out of that pit. It's hard work. You go to church every Monday night, and it's like walking into an emergency room. It's going to be emotional. It's going to be tough. But this is so important to be there for people going through just such an intense time. 
Thank you for sharing your story with us. There are so many emotions and issues to deal with after a divorce. At Divorce Care each week, you mentioned there's a different video topic to start in the meeting. Would you give me an overview on a few of them? Let's start with Chapter 4, Grief and Depression. Sure. Um, Grief and depression should be expected. And how do you handle it? What are you going to do about it? So the video helps us learn what depression is, what other things might be involved, some solutions for it, triggers for it, dealing with guilt, how to draw closer to God through it. Each lesson has verses out of the Bible. It's amazing how many people in the Bible dealt with grief and depression. It's pretty much what the Bible's about, except also forgiveness and how to do money. (laughs) But the rest is about depression and grief. So this is not foreign to God. We don't need to feel guilty that, geez, shouldn't a Christian be skipping around all happy all the time and throwing rose petals around and just having that draw you closer to God. There's also very, very practical tips about getting your routine and getting enough sleep, um, expecting less of yourself when so much emotional energy is being spent. You are not going to be able to expect the same amount out of yourself every day when your brain is wrapped in cotton and you just can't function. You might need to leave a note for how to make your own coffee in the morning to get through it. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're crazy. That just means you're buried in grief and buried in depression and the the group can help you get through that. And then sometimes people come to class and they're like, I made coffee this morning and I remembered to filter. (laughs) So excited when their brain starts to function again, because it it is a devastating blow. You got to give yourself some grace and mercy to get through this situation. Chapter five is loneliness. That is always an interesting conversation about that, because how can you turn that from Loneliness exists. Many of us were very lonely in the marriage as well. Um, But now it's real because there's actually not even the known issues with a partner. Now there's no partner. Many times it happens when your kids are also leaving the nest. Or how lonely is it to parent alone when you have a 13-year-old? 13-year-olds are difficult to parent with a partner, let alone alone. So how can we turn this, this loneliness? It hurts so much. Uh, acknowledging it together as a group because it's an overwhelming feeling. There's temptations to shortcut that. Alcohol, TV, shopping, romantic connections way too soon for your healing. So those would be negative things that you could let loneliness do in your life. But what about if we used it to understand ourselves better? Like, what is it about our own company that feels like it's not enough? How could you challenge yourself to use this for some personal growth? For me, I use it to drive myself to serve. And I remember forcing myself to get to church and get across that threshold. I had no idea how I was going to handle seeing people and families and happiness when I was drowning in loneliness. But I knew I just had to get myself to church. And a girlfriend that works in the nursery came running out. She said, we're shorthanded. Can we use you? And she threw me in with the crying babies. And it was awesome because I was crying. The babies were crying. (laughs) It all all worked. And kind of using that loneliness to serve others kept me from isolating and turning it 
Loneliness is a really double-edged sword. You got to be careful not to point that at yourself and cause yourself more harm. So listening to worship music, reading scripture, forcing yourself to visit a friend even though you don't want to, and then also giving yourself permission to leave an event early if it ends up being too much. Loneliness is a powerful motivator to heal. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but if you got to deal with it, if you deal with it in a healthy way, I think you'll end up being a much stronger, healthier person out the other side of it. Catherine, let's do one more. Chapter 11 is called Your Former Spouse. Yes, that's an interesting one because it looks beyond the divorce that you're in. And sometimes looking forward helps your forward movement. I think when I was learning how to drive a car, I would look right at the hood ornament. And my dad would always tell me, look further down the road. And it smoothed out my driving quite a bit when I wasn't looking right at my front bumper. And this idea of you will have a former spouse. What are you even going to call this person? Some of us choke on X. You know, we have a hard time. What do you do with these ex-relatives that have been may have been your parents for 20 years or something. So the former spouse lesson is fun because even though you're stuck in conflict now, there's a path forward. It's a path through forgiveness. That's a different chapter. It, it means different things. You need to look at what that term forgiveness means. It doesn't mean that everything that happened to you was okay. And if you're looking further down the road, what are you looking for? If you could just have a civil relationship with this ex, because you still will be connected either financially or with kids or with history or maybe you live in the same town. So is camp civility as far as your goal is? There's co-parenting is something to be looking forward to with your former spouse. What about a friendship? Can you laugh about the common things that you had in the past? Would you be able to share holidays with kids. Is that a goal that you might be looking forward to? And even remarriage sometimes is a possibility with that person. There's forward thinking, and that's what that chapter is really good at, of helping you not stay divorced forever. You're not going to have this big D on your forehead that you feel like people in the grocery store can see. It turns out the world carries very little. It lasts in your town maybe two weeks for gossip, and then they move on. You, you choke up a few times when you have to check divorce because they always ask marital status when you're filling out medical forms and such. And, you know, divorce at first feels like it's a brand on your forehead. But this former spouse chapter helps you get beyond that. So this is something more in your rearview mirror and not right on your forehead. Catherine, it's been such a pleasure talking with you today. Before we close, is there anything else that you'd like to add? I would really encourage anybody listening to this to uh, go to divorcecare.org, find a church in your area that's hosting this, and take yourself or encourage your friend to walk across that threshold and get the help that they need. Many times we bury this kind of pain because it hurts too much. And I think it's better, as long as the world is blown up, take it down to the rafters, do some remodeling, uh, let yourself heal so that you can be used in a greater way. Scarring things over is not a good way to move forward. I would really like to invite people to let go of that stigma of divorce, that this is not a singles group, that this is a place to heal from a really devastating event. I'd also like to thank Green Bay Community Church, that has been a wonderful group of Christians that are really acting out being a part of the body of Christ. 
They love me through my divorce. And now they're giving me a chance to give back to other people by serving through divorce care. Thank you, Green Bay. I'd like to thank my guest, Catherine Koleth, Meeting Facilitator of Divorce Care, hosted by Green Bay Community Church. For more information on divorce care, you can also email us at closerlook at klove.com. That's closerlook at klove.com. For Closer Look, I'm Becky Hansen. This has been Klove Closer Look. Find us online at klove.com.